0: Gentlemen, and welcome to Mount Clides Unrestricted, where we'll be talking all things Newcastle United. I'm your host Chris Simpson, and joining me today is Cara Thistlethwaite. Hello. And how about that, ladies and gentlemen?
1: Tottenham did a Tottenham. <laughs> yeah Spurs
0: gonna Spurs, but oh my God, Newcastle six-one, glorious, just a glorious afternoon of football on Sunday. Five goals in the first twenty-one minutes, as we just cruised I'm to not, victory. I'm not
1: sure what you're more happy with the scoreline at a certain point because it was already clear that <laughs> Newcastle had won after the first three. Um, the scoreline or the fact that the Spurs fans were already heading back to London. Uh, I'm not quite sure what, what tickled you more.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I mean, yeah, literally streaming for the exits 20 minutes in. Uh, I ha- Yeah, the... <laughs> whatever the, uh, the 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 230 train from newcastle back to uh, London must have been absolutely packed <laughs> w- what a performance uh, i mean we'll we'll get on to how terrible spurs were um but let's not take anything away from newcastle let's just
1: no you need reflect some, for it, a moment They need how, to capitalize on, on those exactly. and, and some of the passes were amazing the passes from the back um the, obviously the particular favourite would be Willicks the first touch from outside oh, his, his right foot was just an excellent ball um, honestly, but there was a few of those yeah. as well I don't want to take away from the rest of the team because some of those three balls I mean let's just pretend that there wasn't any defence because it, it may as well have not been but
0: that ball over the top for Joelton's from Fabian Cher now he's yeah. good for a pinging long ball over the top yeah,
1: but they were still very very precise exactly as you say like a pinpoint um, and hey you know whoopie do that- <laughs>
0: Yeah, just that pass though. Like I say, Fabian shares for Joe Wintons, and again, what a touch from Joe Winton as well, by the way, to, to control that, bring that down. Round Lloris. incredible. Um, that was that was for two nil. Um, but yeah, Joe Willocks for a pass for Alexander Isaac. That first time outside of the right foot, through ball, just tore the defense right open. Perfectly put it on a plate for Isaac. Honestly pass of the season I think for me and it's got to be up there with one of the best passes we've ever seen at St James's Park I mean certainly for a very long time
1: especially that the, was something the first, special the first touch it wasn't even that he was under that much pressure particularly he just saw the space saw Isaac and was just like Isaac sorry uh, saw Isaac and then just just, pinged it yeah like, there we go done <laughs>
0: like, absolutely phenomenal and then obviously thankfully EZAC, um capitalising like you said not wasting those chances we were just so clinical in those first 20 uh, 21 minutes you know just everything went in basically which was phenomenal obviously killed the game off nice and early because uh, obviously I'd spent all week speaking to you like saying oh it'll be just really good if we can get a win in this game yeah uh, as we'll get to in terms of the context of the top four race and then all of a sudden it's like well how many can we get now as is quite typical with these things it then only ended ended 6-1 um, which is kind of often the case because like I think a lot of teams you know they when you when they score a lot in the first half you know they don't need to exert themselves in the second whereas I mean obviously you, you sometimes get those glorious like the 9-0 like Leicester against Southampton mm-hmm. And stuff like that, but a lot of the time, you know, this is pretty typical, and, and that's fine. Um,
1: I do think it was a shame that it it, it wasn't six six nil or five nil. I do think, obviously, losing the clean the clean sheet was was a bit sad. But I mean, that, so yeah, let's be honest. It's I said, the
0: only gripe you can have, exactly. Um, and
1: and Harry Kane did what Harry Kane does, which is make all of it himself and then finish it, which is exactly what happened. It does show you the. Um, the ability that, that, that teams like Tottenham, when they have like that world class forwards, or what what they can do with, with very little opportunity, because there wasn't much for Tottenham in this game. Um, but
0: well, it's it's crazy actually. I I believe that was his twenty fourth goal of the season. And, and you done, think how bad Spurs have been? He's
1: been the only. one I mean, I, I think what it does do as well is it really opens up talks about what. Harry Kane is going to be doing next season because there's always talks of this for the past three four years now but this especially I don't know what's happened behind Tottenham doors. I've asked a couple of Tottenham fans what they think is happening and they tend to think that I'm just taking the mic and I, I'm genuinely not I genuinely I don't follow Tottenham News as closely as a Tottenham supporter would obviously. So there is something that is going wrong there as a club which is concerning because it's not that they don't have the names um, that, that, that play it's not that they they're particularly short of money either because they always consistently finish in the top half it's just just something in the way there
0: it's strange yeah you know they've they've got the stadium now you know obviously incredible you know modern stadium they've got like you say they've they've got the basis of a of a decent team there all right you'd say it's not one strong enough necessarily to challenge for the title. But... No, They've certainly got enough... You know, you've got Harry Kane, you've got enough talent in that squad that...
1: They have enough to be consistent and they aren't consistent. They'll have an amazing game, then i will have two or three rubbish ones or a mediocre one and then one trash one.
0: Yeah, and I mean, thankfully for us, this was was one of their trash ones and like I say, we just capitalised and absolutely took them to the cleaners because... Again, just to reiterate, five goals in 21 minutes. For context, in the Premier League era, only Man City have been 5-0 up earlier than that in a game. They were 5-0 up against Watford after 18 minutes once. Um, and that's again, that's also Man City and Watford. So
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's the Magpies' biggest Premier League win since 2011 um, when it was against West Ham and it was
0: 5-0. So yeah, it was this has been a long time coming. I mean, I know we had the 5-1 against West Ham the, the other week. Uh but obviously there's something magical about winning by a five-goal scoreline and it's it's lovely to have that back again. Um because again for a lot of years we just didn't have big wins because again I, you know and even under Rafa Benitez, you know we were generally a defense first side obviously Steve Bruce, uh, you know, (laughs) I mean, I I always feel bad because why am I bringing up Steve Bruce right now? But it's like, if we'd have had Steve Bruce in charge, we would have gone, we might have gone 1-0 up in the first minute as we did, Murphy getting that rebounding goal. And then we would have then sat back for the rest of the game to try to hang on to that 1-0. And yet we were just going for it. We were pressing them. We were... Just, I mean, they were just falling apart. We were harrying them. I mean, we we forced them into some mistakes, like for uh, for Jacob Murphy's um, second goal. Um, but also, you've got to say that you know they were they were just collapsing. But we were really going for it. Also, I just just while we're on Jacob Murphy's second goal, a great strike, mm-hmm. not not something we expect from Murphy. I mean, it's like, why did he not hit the post? And second of all, just Jacob Murphy's face, like a picture. If a picture well,
1: could sum up what everybody was thinking at that time when it was Jacob Murphy that scored, it should be Jacob Murphy's face. In fact, that should be in the dictionary next to when Jacob Murphy scores. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, it's
0: like that, you know, if, if a picture could tell a thousand words. like And also, actually, speaking of pictures, that clip of that lady running through the stands with her flag, probably in her 60s or 70s. Oh, I, mean, actually, I
1: bet she was 45. <laughs> it's, hard, it's harder up north. <laughs>
0: But, like, that, that's what it's about, isn't it? It's like, at the end of the day, that is the kind of thing that football is about. And I think... I'm not saying, obviously, it's unique to Newcastle, but I think that there's something special about St. James's Park and about Newcastle fans when they've actually got something to cheer about. And again, like I said, there's all the other reasons around it, which we've gone through a million times. I'm not going to do that again now. But just to set that aside for a moment and just the just the joy on for the players and the fans and again we know the reasons behind that and we can't forget it but like there is there is something special there um and it's yeah that that in particular that moment i think was was really quite magical for me like hilarious and fun and amazing but like you know i th- i feel like that's what being a football supporter is all about. It's what being a Newcastle fan's all about. You know, well, I mean, we saw that up and down the country um, over the weekend. I mean, you know, Wrexham got promoted. Yeah. Um. I mean, it's weird because every part of me feels like I should be cynical about that and yet you see the clips of the fans celebrating. You see the clips of Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney I mean I've got way off course here I'm talking about Ren- Wrexham now but you see them and they've actually got so invested in the club that actually I can't actually be cynical at, at all I, I mean uh, full context listeners I've not even seen the Disney Plus documentary on it but everything that I do see about it on like social media or whatever honestly I can't help but be charmed by it uh, also yeah, I think the- that there's they- two
1: very rich people who've come in to, to buy a football club and um, one that isn't very well known one that probably needed the support let's be honest uh, the Welsh Football Association at the moment especially those low, much lower down really do need any help they can get There's not even they went for a non-league side do you know what I mean Yeah, you don't go and buy a club like that just for status it, it's something that they've thought that actually do you know what if we do this we're going to do it properly we're going to be proper fans we're going to be there all the time I know Ryan Reynolds is either renting or bought a property already somewhere near Wrexham I think it's a very small village well I mean
0: they considering how busy both of them must be Ryan Reynolds especially given that you know his sort of business interests on top of the fact that obviously he's a hugely in demand actor but again I know Rob Henny. obviously he's on TV a lot um, well, I think- Paul
1: Rudd was there as well
0: yeah you know it's it's kind of crazy that they're they're sort of there all the time and again I'm sure they've got private jets and all the rest of it but it's like you know it's there is something special going on there again we've got really off topic but just to get back to it it's like I think that at its core that moment is what like I said just being a football fan is all about it was such a good moment for me like almost more special than the goals in a sense even though obviously you know that Directly leads to the other. And do you know um,
1: what was more special when Leicester won the Premier League?
0: <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, we'll get, <laughs> briefly get off topic again. But honestly, and then as, the as FA a,
1: cup as well. I mean, maybe it was against Chelsea, but still. Yeah, but as I
0: mean, let's face it: every single neutral in the country was rooting for Leicester that day, and every single <laughs> neutral in the country was rooting for Leicester in the title race. Yeah, I know. That was, in many ways, not to steal that victory away from Leicester fans. <laughs> But in many ways, that was kind of a victory for everyone when Leicester won. In a sense, you know, when we've seen the United and the Chelsea's and the Man Cities of the world dominate for so long for a team like Leicester. I mean, again, I, I will say this, arguably the greatest upset in sporting history. And that's saying something considering, obviously, sport, A at the top level has been going on for well over 100 years in in many sports and B obviously is rife with you know incredible dramatic upsets and obviously football is no stranger to it in particular you know I think a a very strong case can be made that that is the biggest upset in sporting history because it's not just a one-off match giant killing this was I mean not minnows but you know what I mean this was a team over an entire season beating you know, I don't
1: think we lost in six months. I think beating we never lost United,
0: City, Liverpool, Chelsea, Arsenal, Spurs, the, all the money. Like, do you know what I mean? It's like you absolutely can make that um, that case. And like I say, I think in many ways, kind of a victory for all of football. In you know, in, in what is a what can at times be quite you know for for the beautiful game can be quite an ugly, cynical sport. You know, the more money that gets poured into it, the more. Again, to link back to Newcastle, the more sort of horrific people with you know ulterior motives you know wheel their way into the game for for various reasons, you know that was kind of a shining shining moment of beauty um It's one that's led to more ugliness uh because basically Leicester made God bleed and then God shit himself and decided never again. And then that's why, uh, in part, we're probably going to get a Super League at some point because they're terrified of another team ever doing the same thing again. <laughs> not just to be clear, I'm not blaming Leicester for this, by the way. <laughs> it was probably an, ev- an inevitability at some point, and I mean, Christ, if it happens now, we'll probably be involved in it. But do you mean
1: you'll probably be leading it? <laughs> I hope and it not. But... And <laughs> it will be in Saudi Arabia as <laughs> well. Yeah, but all the by all Saudi games. Emirates, all United. the games
0: will be <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, but anyway, we've got really off topic. Anyway, um, it's a great
1: game. Um, <laughs> no,
0: but yeah, just a really fantastic performance from us and a nice boost to the goal difference.
1: Yeah, now third place, six points above Tottenham, and with a game in hand. Let's be honest, Tottenham—we're oh, never really going to be fourth. I don't think this but. is
0: massive for our um, top four chances. And Tottenham played Man United on Thursday. Not that... um, I mean, obviously, it'd be really amazing for us to finish above Man United as well, but a Man United win in that game would obviously then, you know, would be a good result for us in in terms of just, you know, keeping that gap on Spurs. Um, Stops them, obviously, clawing anything back. Likewise, a draw wouldn't be a bad result for us. Obviously, a Tottenham victory wouldn't be good, so hopefully Man United can do us a favour, but... (laughs) Let's never rely on Man United, but um, yeah, like I said, yeah, phenomenal result, phenomenal performance. Two more goals for Izak as well. Another one for Callum Wilson off the bench. Uh, Miguel Almiron came off the bench to, I mean, kind of with a rebound, but sort of semi-set up uh, Callan Wilson's goal. But again, it's it's really good that um, you know obviously Wilson isn't starting at the moment. Um, week in week out because he's explained so well, but he's coming on and he's scoring and he's making these contributions um, like he did in the West Ham game uh, and all this sort of stuff. Again, like I said, two goals for Jacob Murphy. I don't know if I'm ever going to fully rate him as a Premier League player, and certainly not one who, in theory, should be challenging uh, or it should be in a t- like leading the way in a team that should be challenging for the top four. But he's played really well recently, and again, you can't fault him on that performance. Again, his face was was fantastic Uh, Yeah, Um, I think
1: Murphy's played well for a while now I just never (laughs) scored. again I'm
0: still not sure necessarily that he's someone that we should be relying on to be starting every week Mm. especially if if we do end up in the Champions League next season but at the same time
1: I suppose if you have enough shots eventually some of them will go in
0: once again though he is making a case for him having a role at the club in the future it's like when
1: I was getting those bullseyes eventually if you lobs something enough eventually it will go in
0: you know yeah it's uh we'll get yeah he gets there in the end
1: <laughs> yeah and it was a spectacular spectacular game for him so you can't you can't take that away from him and his little happy smiley face exactly and let's yeah.
0: hope that we'll be seeing it again um soon because uh by the time the next pod comes out listeners obviously we'll have had two games to uh Played and and to talk about um, in next week's pod Uh, because, of course, we are away to Everton on Thursday and then we are at home to Southampton at the weekend. Uh, Obviously, it's a long weekend as well.
1: Yeah, and
0: it's an interesting one. It's slightly tricky to predict how they're going to go because both teams are in the relegation zone, Uh, both teams obviously fighting for survival. And like I say, it, it can always be kind of tricky with those when you get to this stage of the season because obviously by definition and by being in the relegation zone at this stage of the season, you are obviously not a very good team.
1: Thank you, I know.
0: Hey, Leicester are in there at the Only... <laughs>
1: by the skin of their teeth <laughs> but
0: you, you know you, you, you take my point in that you know by definition you've over like 30 odd games you've oh, really you've done, not done, done very rubbish. well you've yeah, lost yeah. lots of games
1: yeah no I agree
0: <laughs> but at the same time you also get to this stage of the season and you know as time starts to run out not all but some of these teams often do tend to then raise their games and really start fighting um, which can then make them kind of you know it can, it can make them dangerous um, and make them difficult to predict in this sort of stage um, that being said neither of them obviously in great form uh, Everton haven't won since the 11th of March uh, they have had some tricky fixtures in the meantime but even so that's you know they had that Sean Dice had that slight early impact um, you know they had the win over Arsenal uh, they had the win over Brentford but again it's been a lot of draws and a lot of losses since then Um you yeah, know. something um,
1: something wrong again at Everton, isn't there? But
0: well, again, it's we. I mean, it, again, you know, we faced them around this time last season at Goodison Park. They were in a fairly similar position again because they spent most of the last season battering the drop. And as you say, yeah, there's a lot wrong at Everton at the moment. Mm. Um, but last season, they, as I say, they were in a similar position. They did turn up and beat us one nil. Um, and again so uh, we're going to go into a pretty similar game this season uh, I say similar circumstances so that's um, going to be an interesting one but we have had a strong recent record against them so again that I mean, plays in our favour
1: really, so. yeah. uh,
0: as for Southampton, again they I think they last won on something like the 11th or 12th of March again they are the worst team in the division quite literally but according to the Premier League table Um. But they just drew three all with Arsenal in their last game. Uh, again, Arsenal are kind of fumbling the bag at the end uh, in terms of their title challenge. It's three draws in a row for them. But even so, Southampton still managed a three all draw with them. So again, I suppose yeah, in that sense they can't light be. It wasn't on
1: goals, was it?
0: Yeah, taken lightly. Um, and obviously, they'll they'll play Bournemouth on Thursday. So they will have played again before we play them, uh, just as we have. So. Who knows? Obviously, what will happen in that one? If they turn up and beat Bournemouth, then obviously that would give us uh, that would give them a pretty big confidence boost. Then going into our game, but obviously at home to the team who are bottom of the table, I've, we've got to be looking obviously to uh to get a win in that in that Saints game. Uh, yeah, you know, hope, next weekend because
1: you'd hope both of them are something you could get take three three points from yeah. each. Um, I mean to be honest your fixtures actually aren't too bad all the way to the end of the season Uh, there's only about two that we would class as difficult fixtures I guess based on this season's performance maybe two maybe three if that out of six definitely two big names Um, but yeah and again unfortunately for for, well I say unfortunately um, for everybody else I guess but fortunately for Newcastle probably for the first time ever you don't have some really difficult games at the end of the season and you aren't fighting, obviously, fortunately, you yeah. aren't fighting for relegation this time. Um, yeah, it be, be change, yeah, it makes a lovely change, doesn't it? When will we ever get a time when both of our teams play well?
0: Yeah, literally. It's
1: always been polar what, opposites. One team
0: plays well and the other's terrible and we know, we've not...
1: What satanic ritual is this? <laughs>
0: I mean yeah genuinely we've been together 10 years now and I think in the entirety of that time I'm not sure, I'd have to look back to be certain but I'm honestly not sure that there's a single season out of those 10 where both teams have actually done that. I think
1: the season where we got promoted you were, in the, you were in relegation and then I think we came up and then you went down.
0: No we went down the year you won the title okay so it was it was so again, pol- very much polar opposites. Polar opposites, yeah <laughs> uh, the yeah the year you won promotion what year would that've been would that have been 2013 a long long something time like that ago. yeah we had we had uh we had a really good season in 2012 and then and then we started regressing to the mean <laughs> from 2013 onwards so, but yeah um but yeah so uh, again as with everton um just to get back to that we've uh we've got a really good recent record against Southampton obviously beat them in the uh, Carabao Cup semis as well Uh, to what extent they matter who knows but generally we've done really well against them in in multiple competitions you know in the last uh, two or three seasons and again we are at home they are at least currently at the time of uh, the podcast is going to come out bottom of the table Um, as I say that could change if they happen to beat Bournemouth on Thursday but um I think Southampton do look the most in trouble of all the teams down there. Um you feel like they have the toughest job in terms of climbing out, whereas even Everton you think could do it. More Everton like the likes of Everton and Westy more because of the the talent in their squads rather than um anything you mean the, anything the, else.
1: The, the one player that we have.
0: Yeah, you've got James <laughs> Madison and That's about it. That's about it. But, but, it. <laughs> but yeah, you know, so Hopefully, yeah. If if we could get obviously um, six points, I don't I don't want to get ahead of ourselves um, just yet because I'm, I know we've just had that amazing win, but
1: but the pessimism remains. Um, but yeah, if you get those six points, it makes a huge difference. That
0: again, that would be a really phenomenal step towards um, you know securing a top four spot. Um, certainly, if we can obviously avoid uh, defeat. I mean, well, I mean, again, let's face it. I think anything less than four points would be fairly disappointing. Certainly anything less than three points would be pretty disappointing, given obviously where we are and where they are. But we're just going to have to obviously see how they play out and and see how they do in terms of, you know, are they going to really dig in and give us a scrap or are they going to, you know, just sort of struggle as they have done obviously throughout the season. You know, we'll have to just wait and see on that one. But... Yeah, Uh, we'll be here next week to uh, talk back on both games, hopefully with some positive news. And in the meantime, if you could give the podcast a like and subscribe and give us a positive review, that would be amazing. We've been Magpies Unrestricted, and I've been your host, Chris Simpson. Thank you, Cara. No problemo. And thank you, listeners. Bye. Bye. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts.